Warning, the following podcast contains adult language and childish comedy. Listener discretion is advised. And now, please adjust your headphone volume to an unreasonable level and enjoy the most dynamic and electrifyingly entertaining podcast ever to conquer cyberspace. and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the amazing pop culture podcast starring Dags and Rez. Today we have a powerful episode. Get ready. And somewhere across this powerful virtual Oaken desk is DJ Mike Rez. Hello, Dags. Hello, amazing friends. I'm currently treating first degree burns on my arms <laughs> from being outside most of these nice, sunny, windy day that we are recording on. Powerful. It's, yes, it's... Uh, it's amazing. We're uh, here in, in the great state of Minnesota. There's no such thing as spring. There's winter, and then there's warmer winter, and then it's right into summer, God damn it! Yes, enjoy it. Powerful show today. We are going to be talking about the 2019 film, The Gentleman. Also, we have brand new music from Graybeat. That will be playing us out, as they say in the business, at the end of the podcast, so <laughs> stick around. And we have a powerful song of the day. Let's just get right into it, Mike or DJ Rez. Now, the song of the day today I picked is We Have a Technical by Gary Newman and the Two-Boy Army. What this is, it's their second album. It, it didn't even get on the album. It was just like a song they had, and it ended up later on uh, 99, 2008. They had like a bunch of reissues, and they had B-sides. What's cool about this, it, it, it's off the album Replicas, that session, which was kind of like a concept album, dystopian future, where they had... They call them the mock men that are just androids, machines. Mm-hmm. And then they have these dudes called the gray men. They're like the officials. And what, what's cool about it is our last uh, episode we did on Blade Runner, written by uh, Philip K. Dick. This uh, Gary Newman was obsessed with him, too. And this album is kind of based, based on that, that book, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? But what's crazy is, in the movie, you know, they had the replicants, and the name of this album is Replicas. But in Blade Runner, which came out, you know, about three years after this album, they used replicants, but in the book, Philip K. Dick never used the term replicant. So Gary Ooh. Newman was using replicas three years before the movie. What do you think of that, Mike or DJ Riz? I think he was onto something, and I hope he got some royalties for that, because obviously they ripped it off of Gary Newman. Yes. And what's cool is on uh, Call Out the Dogs, he sampled Blade Runner. So this is a pretty long song, Micro DJ Rez. It is. It's basically just the mini Moog synthesizer. And But what's cool is, you know, it's got uh, analog drums. It's got a human drummer on there. Yes, the drums, the bass guitar, or what sounds like a bass guitar in this song in the beginning is pretty goddamn sweet. Yeah, and he, you can tell he's influenced by, like, craft work and... David Bowie and that kind of stuff. He was also into Ultravox. We did a song on Ultravox. Do you remember that song, Mike or DJ Rez? Let's go back. Let's open your memory. What song did we do by Ultravox? I have zero clue. Probably, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. Reap the Wild Wind. Do you remember that? I do remember that one now, yeah. 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 Awesome. I love Ultravox. See, your mind is a steel trap. My mind is a sieve. 
So (laughs) (laughs) it's the best way to describe our minds. It's a a silicone sieve. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Now, what are your thoughts on this song? Like her DJ Riz? Well, at first when you sent it to me and you said, grab a beer, it's eight minutes long. (laughs) Yes. I thought to myself, Jesus Christ. Long songs, I'm not really too thrilled with, uh, just because of how repetitive they can become. But this one's pretty sweet, actually. It keeps your attention the entire eight minutes. I I tried to uh, just listen to it and then listen to it a second time to try to catch things that I may have missed the first time. But I listened to it pretty intently the first time. And that, like I said, that bass guitar in the beginning or the bass sounds in the beginning were pretty sweet. Then uh, Gary, you hear Gary Newman's voice kind of, you know, not right away, but like almost a minute into it, maybe a little bit over that. Um, and he starts singing. And at first I thought it kind of had like that, you know, the song Cars. Sure. Um, I think maybe he may have recycled part of this song into Cars because it sounds like you're going to listen to Cars for a little brief second, but then you realize that he changes it just, in, you know, this song came out first, obviously. So he changes cars just enough to be half so cars as its own song. But um, there was a little influence in there, I think. Um, but no, it's a good song. I like I like Gary Newman's voice is is just cool. I think he's got that when you hear his voice, you know, it's Gary Newman. And and, you know, it's an 80s song or I guess in this case, late 70s song. So but close enough well, uh, but yeah. I, I enjoyed the song it's it's cool how you said like it's you know 78 79 when they got done actually making the album 79 it was released mm-hmm. but it's cool how you how guitar his first album was pretty guitar based and then it kind of it kind of went into the synth mm-hmm. and then and most people know gary newman from cars right so it's kind of cool, and then uh, then he did an album called Telecon, which was really futuristic, really heavy on the synth. So my first concert I ever went to back in the day was Gary Newman. So it's kind of cool. About fourteen You're, years old. I was gonna say a little young Dag's very first concert was Gary Newman. Yes, in, it's uh, not a bad choice in St. Paul. Really? Well, let me guess. At uh, let's see. No, fourteen-year-old Dag saw Gary Newman in St. Paul at the Civic Center. What's the other one called? It was the Civic Center. Roy Wilkins. Yes, Roy Wilkins. Thank you. Ah, that's where it was. You are welcome. Yes, the sieve came through on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> with, with that, if you ever want to go on YouTube and look at footage from Telecon tour, it was, it was awesome. Just the lights and the sound. He put on a great show. You know, the audio, the the visuals, it was awesome. And what's cool is years later, I don't know, probably 20 years later, I saw him downtown Minneapolis, and I went out with my brother, and we were uh, at the bar eating and stuff before the show, and I look over a couple tables over, and there's Gary Newman and his band. Isn't that awesome? That's pretty sweet. (laughs) You wouldn't see that now these days. You'd think he would have a good rider. That he gave to the venue and be like, I need this in my, my dressing room, but apparently not, huh? It was cool. He's a man That's of the cool. people. So I went up and of course I introduced myself and I talked to the band and just nerded out. It was, it was yeah, say, you interrupted him during dinner. Yes. 
Oh my god! Well, was that... Did you ask for a selfie? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, know I that was too, too long then. before. Yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> Pull out the polar. No, they, no, they had the thing with the big magnesium where it goes flash. <laughs> Stand still, sir. Pictures, pictures. <laughs> guy, guy with the big mustache and a. You have to sit still for 10 minutes. So if you get up and move, you blur the film. <laughs> Thinking back, did I barge the guy's dinner? And they're, but no, they were hanging out at the bar. It was pretty cool. It was not like it was like some formal dining room or something. <laughs> Mr. Newman, can, can I have your autograph? Yeah. It, was, it, it was pretty cool. The band was really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're all, they all really friendly. He's a little, you can tell he's shy. Yeah. He wasn't trying to be rude. You, you could just tell he was he was shy. You know, a lot of those dudes, you know, on stage is one thing, but when you're talking to someone and, you know, he doesn't know me from Adam, but it was pretty awesome. Right. He's sitting. You think he was like when he tells a story and he's like, here in the bar, I was drinking <laughs> <Sweet>. a beer. <laughs> Some come kid just comes to me and says, sir, something, yeah, something like that. It was know. awesome. That would have been awesome. Yeah. Honestly, I probably would have nerded out too because there's some, you know, sometimes you see people out in, in public and you're just like, oh my God, they're just like us. They're eating a bacon cheeseburger at Keys Cafe too. But it's just the whole, it'd be like if you, I don't know, went out and saw whatever band you're into, you're going to go right. see them. And then you went out, yeah, let's go out to eat before and hang out at the bar and then, and then we'll go there after. And that band is right there. Okay, what if let's 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 do a little what if in the future we're at the state fair and before the REO and Sticks concert we look over and there's the lead singer to stir all of Sticks at Sweet Martha's. There you go. A bucket of cookies. That exactly. would be pretty cool. Yes. Yeah. Would you go up to him and interrupt him? Oh yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're at the fair, who cares? Right? Yeah. It's not a I funeral. Mean, Right. Would you call it? So what if you, so it, and it would play right because it sticks at the Minnesota state fair and where's all the food at the Minnesota state fair on a stick. Yes, exactly. So, sticks. So you, you Very have good. to. Yep. So you take a picture with sticks on your selfie stick at the Minnesota state fair. Now, Mike or DJ Rez, we should have had that song for a blade runner, but I kept it for today. Cause you had that powerful what? song by, was it Bruce Springsteen or who was it? Uh, no, that was, uh, Rick Springfield. Yes. Yeah. Human but touch. You know, you know what though? I never would have, I, I didn't even know this song existed because who, who reaches this deep into music? Yes. But, thank you. But the one and only thank Dags. You. Yes. Yeah, you're so amazing. Thank at you. your music talent. Thanks for enjoying my, <laughs> <laughs> your music brain. Yeah. Me bringing it way back to 1979. Yep. The way back machine. Yes. Way back. I'm Maker DJ yeah. Rez. Let's get into the movie that we're going to be uh, talking about, one that we both enjoyed. That is the movie The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie. The Gentleman is a 2019 action comedy film written and directed and produced by Guy Ritchie because he is a man that does everything with everything he's involved He's a with. one-man army. That's right. Uh, he developed this story along with Ivan Atkinson and Marn Davies. The film stars... Old Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Hunum, excuse me, or Hunnam. God, if I could talk today. Henry Golding, uh, Michelle Dockery, Jeremy Strong, Eddie Marsden, 
Colin Farrell and Hugh Grant. Uh, it follows an American marijuana kingpin in England who is looking to sell his business, and that sets off a chain of blackmail and schemes uh, to undermine him and bring down the value of his business that he's trying to sell and get out of. It premiered uh, in De- on December 3rd, 2019. It was released in the United Kingdom in January of 2020, and then it was released in the United States on January 24th, 2020. Got some positive reviews from critics, um, and it was a success commercially. Now, the plot of this film is uh, pretty interesting. Um, So this guy, Big Dave, he's an editor at the Daily Print, which is a tabloid, um, and he is snubbed. Uh, by Mickey Pearson, who is played by Matthew McConaughey. He's subbed at a party to shake his hand, and that really pisses him off. So he hires a private investigator uh, by the name of Fletcher, um, and that is played by Hugh Grant. Uh, and he's hired to investigate Mickey Pearson or Matthew McConaughey's connection to a to a lord in England. And from there, he kind of he follows. Matthew McConaughey and his right-hand man around to try to get some dirt so this tabloid editor can print it and put it in his tabloid just to make Matthew McConaughey look bad. So while all that's going on, Matthew McConaughey is also trying to sell his marijuana business so he can retire uh, with his wife, who owns a all-woman, all-female-run car shop. And so what he does is he brings in a, a gentleman buyer to... Uh, shows him his enterprise and he's trying to get him to buy it after he gets the guy's interest the guy he's trying to sell to decides he's going to try to drive the price of the business down by telling some chinese uh chinese gangster about what's going on and where he can find some one of his operations so that he can uh, he can hire someone to to rob it and thus bringing down the price because now it looks pretty dangerous and that it might get busted because obviously cannabis farming in the UK is very illegal at the time. I think it still is, but definitely in 2019. And so Matthew McConaughey and his right-hand man are trying to figure out who tipped uh, this group of young punks off to, to rob the place. And that, and then from there it ensues, chaos ensues. Um, there's lots of violence. Colin Farrell is involved and it's uh, a pretty, pretty interesting movie. It's not one of those movies where you have to completely pay attention to everything going on, because I think in the end they tie everything up in a nice little bow and you can pretty much figure out what's happening if you're kind of only three quarters of the way paying attention. But it's pretty, pretty good acting by Mr. Colin Farrell and Mr. Matthew McConaughey. But it's a fun film if you're looking to sit down in front of Netflix for about two hours. It's not a very long film, so you can you can you can get this done pretty quick. I think it's like an hour forty five minutes or something like that. But it's pretty pretty fun. I I enjoyed it. I think this if you watched it in a movie theater it would have been way better. Absolutely. Because they have those smash cuts. You know what those are, those real fast edits that Guy Ritchie yep. does. Yeah, he likes to do those with, his, especially with his fight scenes. Yes, and those smash cuts look awesome in the movie theater when it when it goes visually. You see the movement and you see the and you hear the sound. So a lot of times mm-hmm. on a smaller TV and you might not have the audio up, it just doesn't have the same effect. Mm-hmm. You know, like the scene where the chase scene where they're chasing them and they play that that rap song. You remember with the kids with the phones? Oh yeah, yep, exactly. So that in the in the movie theater would have been way better. Yeah. 
and he reminds me of the scene in Snatch, Chasing the Rabbit. Remember oh, that scene? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that scene. Yep. How would you compare this to Snatch? Did you see uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels? I don't remember if I saw that one. Uh, I definitely saw Snatch, and it's pretty close. I mean, you could swap out some of these characters uh, in this movie and put, like, Colin Farrell's character, you could put Brad Pitt's character from snatch into that and that it's you know it would be almost the same character i just think i just think in snatch there was way more iconic characters you know jason statham you had you know tommy you had dennis farina <laughs> you know? right cousin avi you know you had brad pitt brick top with the sweet glasses bullet tooth <laughs> tony frankie four fingers you know benicio del toro yeah. I mean, Vinnie Jones, you know, like I said, Bulletooth Tony. I mean, if you, the Russian, <laughs> I mean, Boris the you, Blade. You, you have better actors in Snatch, for sure. And it, it does make a difference because it, it, if you would have had slightly better actors, it probably, you know, it would have been more more at Snatch's level. But I would, if I had a choice, I would watch Snatch. What do you think of Hugh Grant? One. I hate Hugh Grant. I am not a fan of Hugh Grant, no matter what. <laughs> no even matter what one. character he plays even in this one yeah he, he's because i don't know what it is maybe it's because i and i have this argument a lot with mrs mike rez he plays the same character in every rom-com and then i think because of that because i'm annoyed with that that it doesn't matter what he plays i'm still i'm just annoyed when i see him because he plays if he's not playing a sniveling whiny bitch in a rom-com he's playing a sniffling whiny bitch in an action and it's just, it's, yeah, I don't know, man. There's something about him that bugs the crap out of me All right. as an actor. Check this out. Instead of Hugh Grant, here is Morgan. What do you think? Oh. Because uh... <laughs> of the tabloid, <laughs> you know, it'd be perfect, wouldn't it? Right, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, I think that would have been better. Matthew McConaughey's right-hand man is Charlie Hunnam, and people know him from uh, what's that motorcycle show that I don't watch? Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Isn't he in that one? Yes. Yeah. So he's the, the macho stud in that. So he's. He was also in our. Uh, King Arthur one. Is he English? Yes, he in is. Real, is he really? Yes. Okay. All right. Because I was going to say, he's played two English characters now in two movies we've watched. And I, and I didn't know if he was English by trade or English just by. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so. It's hard to tell these days who's who's got which accent. But I'm already going to replace him. You know who, who are I you replacing him? with? No, who do you got? Just think of him in the movie with the beard and the way he acts. Okay. Trying to be fancy but tough at the same time. Right. Who do you think? Jason Statham. Connor McGregor. Con- <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, they'd have to work in his walk somewhere. Yes, exactly. The, the Vince McMahon walk. Yeah, <laughs> and I know the scene, it would have to be when Matthew McConaughey's in the bar and he's going to drink the pint and eat that pickled egg. Yes. Um, it, that's the scene he'd have to walk out. <laughs> Vince McMahon style in that one. So what do you think so. of all the, you know, the back to the future cuts and starting and stopping? And Are you a fan of that? Um, I don't mind it if they're going to keep it that way through the whole movie like in this movie they in the beginning the beginning scene is somewhere in the middle of the movie and then they catch you up to it but then and it becomes think, they make you think it's something but it's not right yeah which 
was kind of predictable. And then, I mean, it wasn't hard to tell that they were going back in time to the story. I just kind of didn't know that when Hugh Grant's talking to Charlie uh, Studley face there, that it that's present time. You know, it did seem like that was going to be like a future, you know, like years down the road. So it kind of, that kind of threw me off a little bit. But I, I'd rather watch a movie where they show everything in succession. So it's easier for me to follow. But they did make it easy. Guy Ritchie does make it easy for you not to really have to pay attention to you know what's going on. Well, and that's all, in all, all of his movies are kind of that I way. I mean, the, the plot itself almost doesn't mean anything. It's just kind of all the stuff going on, you know? Yeah, it's everything around the plot, or, you know, like the main story. It's not, yeah, the main story isn't the plot. I don't know how, that's kind of hard to explain. But when our amazing friends watch this movie, they'll understand. So what what'd you think of the, the film dating itself with the whole YouTube thing and the GoPros on the heads? <laughs> That was, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> those, those punk kids were filming themselves and then putting it online. And Colin Farrell's like, you <laughs> fucking dumbasses, <laughs> take that down right now. You're yeah. going to get caught. You know, I was like, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> so what are they? They're boxers and rappers and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and YouTubers. <laughs> it's like, man, pick something already, would you? The kids <laughs> reminded me of that movie, The Kingsman, The Secret Service. Yeah. Yeah. The way they're dressing yeah, and acting. Yeah. And that came out in 2015. 20, yep, 2015. Colin Farrell, I think his character, I think, is the best one in the movie. So maybe it's because of his, his accent. And he just, you know, has that you know, don't care attitude in this movie. He just does what, he, what he's asked to do. And then he just, you know, going through life, teaching kids how to box. And he's also kind of a gangster, even though he says he's not a gangster. How many, how <laughs> many times did they say the F word and the C word? They should have like a, oh, a, a counter just going the whole time. They they said it so much that even today while I was doing whatever I was doing today, I I thought to myself, man, they must just use that word, the C word over there, just so loosely that it just doesn't mean anything anymore. You know what I mean? Because it just seems like every movie that focuses around like English punks or English gangsters, they just throw that word around. Yeah, like, you know they, they use that a lot over in England. It's got to be just a word at this point. But he was almost like making fun of himself, you know, using yeah. it so much. And then you saw all the, you know, the homages, like all those, how many trunk scenes did they do where they're filming up from the trunk, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the different, like, gangster houses they had, you know, they had the Chinese gang and then they had, you know, like the boxing gang, and then they had Matthew McConaughey's gentleman gang. You know, it's just kind of, kind of funny that they had those three. Yeah, there, there was distinct gang families, I guess you could call them. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. It was bringing in the Asian and the, and the the street kids and the different. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty cool. You'd almost need to see this movie twice because there's so much stuff going on. Yeah, and then you miss a lot of the stuff if you're trying to figure out what's going on. Instead of just, you know, just enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. The writing, I mean, there's some great jokes in there. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, like the guy's name, fuck. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's right with the PH. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty funny. Or the, uh, you know, spoiler alert, how, how many people jump to their deaths or fall to their deaths by accident. You know, and it's like, this is becoming a trend with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like like it's just kind of like 
poor or bad, uh, just bad coincidences with people falling at some one point. I like how the uh, the kids, like a lot of like the the punk kids, the street kids, they show just no fear with like the older generation. Oh yeah, you know, total just, total disrespect of their elders. Yeah, yeah, like the older gangsters are just kind of like, what the fuck, man. Here, don't give me some money. Go away. Like, oh, now we know you got all that money. We're going to keep messing with you. I mean, it's cool that Guy Ritchie's getting back to what his bread and butter. I mean, his first movie, you know, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I mean, that's what I like. I like London. By the way, that's why I picked Gary Newman, too. London. Tie it in there. But I like London. I like the street stuff. You know, when he does like Aladdin and all this crap, you know, I mean, I don't Mm want to see that. I mean, even the King Arthur. Yep. How you tried to put in that, you know, that the witty conversations and it just didn't work. No, what? Yeah, I don't think like a King Arthur movie, you can't do the witty conversation thing. You got to you got to do it in in a movie like The Gentleman, like this one. It's a little bit more modern, a little bit more gangstery, you know, something you can have a little bit more fun with. Like you can't do this type of movie as a king arthur movie it just doesn't because because of the historical aspect behind king arthur or whatever you want to call it the majesty behind it yeah, I mean, just, can you imagine if they were trying to have like three different gangs yeah it's just yeah i mean and they tried too if you if you really look if you remember that movie they tried to get that whole gang thing in there they tried to get in the, the fast talking and it just didn't work yeah. but in, in this movie it does work but i still snatch is still my favorite yeah, Matthew McConaughey. I, you know, I, I don't think he fit as well as Brad Pitt. I mean, if you would have put Brad Pitt in there, would have been a hundred times better. In the McConaughey role, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I was talking about putting Brad Pitt in it. If you change him out with Colin Farrell, yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But I'm saying yeah. as the American, you know, oh, like yes, oh, like yeah. have American, and then yeah. What about uh, what if you put Matt Damon in that role? No. Uh, George Clooney. Maybe George Clooney back in the day. Uh, like the uh, George Clooney, Younger. like around the Batman time. <laughs> no, Facts of Life, I think. Or... Oh, Facts of <laughs> Life. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Keep George Clooney with the mullet from Facts of Life playing this role. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost the same. I mean, McConaughey looks like he's got a mullet no matter what yeah. he does. But I, I just so. snatch everything about it. I mean, the... And they had all the, the, you're talking about the separate gangs, you know, they had the guys that were trying to rob the, remember the bookies, they got trapped in there. And then oh, yeah. <laughs> and they had the tiny little car <laughs> and the, the dog swallows the ball, you know. He's like, get away, driver, what's he going to get away from? And then he says, well, he can move if he has to walk past it. And, and just, I mean, like, bullet tooth Tony and when they try to rob him and he shows him his Desert Eagle gun and their guns are replicas, you know. Right. And I think the smash Golly. cuts were better. Like, do you remember when when he had to go fly to England? So they had that scene where he, you know, he slams a shot, and then they show the plane take off and land. And oh yeah, in the, in the movie theater, it was so cool because you're watching on you know on TV, and it just doesn't have that effect. But in the movie theater, it's bam, bam, bam. That like the smash cuts were so cool. Yeah, uh, see, I saw Snatch at home on a TV because when that movie came out, I was a young Mike Rez having a family and I didn't have much time no. to go out to the movies, but yeah, no, I think 
I, yeah, Snatch Snatch is definitely a better film, but this one is like I said. It, if you got if you want to have no, just a good. little bit it's of fun, good. And, it's good. Yeah, I mean it's way better. Uh, it's way better than Sherlock Holmes and his other ones. Right now, I remember this movie coming out and kind of kind of remembered what it was about before I watched it. What I didn't realize is that it was a twenty-two million dollar budget and they made 115 on this. So it was a, a success for sure at the box. Oh, I just don't remember it being I think people such were, a success. I think, yeah, exactly. I think people were just, you know, they, they have the nostalgia. They want that old, you know, snatch type movie, you know, the, right. the, the urban, the, the whole London scene. Yeah. The accents help too. Oh yeah. The, so. the Cockney accents. And- yeah, of course, probably Hugh Grant is probably what carried the film for a lot of people. <laughs> I doubt it. I really doubt it. So even with you hating him, you still don't think he did a good job? Uh, no. I, I'm try- I was trying to, you know, how I always try to recast characters uh, in the movie. I don't, you know, when you said Piers Morgan, that's probably the best, best person to replace <laughs> yeah. him in this movie. Just because he's so douchey, you know. And he- yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah because yeah i just i don't know i don't know what it is about hugh Grant. i mean he's probably a super nice dude but if i ever met him in real life i'd just be like dude come on knock it off <laughs> i would not walk up to him at a bar if i saw him at a bar is what i'm saying wow so, yeah so who, who's your be. favorite character in this film or characters um, i i like uh, so I like Colin Farrell. He's probably my favorite one in this one. Um, but the, the dude from the Chinese gang, dry eye. Oh yeah. That guy, that guy's pretty badass. He is good. So, and he kind of, he was the one that was like, his character had all the, was responsible for all like the plot twists in this one, you know? So, um, he, they would say his character is very complex as they would <laughs> say, <laughs> but yeah, I think his, uh, he would probably be number number two on the list if we were ranking one and two. Yeah, I think the the minor characters stole the show. Yeah, you know the so called star, you know Matthew McConaughey and right. Charlie Hoonan, you know, yeah, yeah. Now McConaughey's wife, that actress. Um, oh, I can't yeah. remember what else I've seen her in, but she's a really good actress. Very good. So the whole um, scene with the Derringer. Yeah, <laughs> the paperweight. <laughs> the paperweight. Yeah. <laughs> so she's a good shot. Good marksman. Yes. So. Oh, it was cool. So let's, uh, what is your score? Um, what are we going to rank it with? Uh, out of five paperweights. Out of five paperweights. I'm giving this a 3.75. 3.75. So you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Yes. I will and go. Yourself? I'm going to go 3.75 also. Ooh. There you go. No, wait. I'm gonna re- change it. You oh, ready? Gonna, I'm ready. Three fifty-seven. Oh, oh! I see what you did Maggie, there. You like that? <laughs> I did. Except that that looked like about a twenty-two caliber. It was very small. It was very small. Yeah. If if anything, it was probably two two three, but probably not. No, would not be two two three, Michael. <laughs> I don't know. I just throw numbers out. I don't know nothing I know about guns. It's like it's like it's uh, probably a remember Mister Mom? He goes, uh, "Is that one?" He goes, is that two two twenty two twenty one whatever it takes? He's yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Mister Mom, that's a good movie. Powerful, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Speaking of 
kind of random movies. Do you remember the movie uh, Gung Ho with Michael Keaton? I do. Did yeah, we, that's a good one. Yeah, did we mention that? Or I thought I mentioned we've, it. We've, we've mentioned it, but we haven't watched it. Yeah. When I was talking, when, yeah, when I was talking about Blade Runner, the obsession with the Japanese taking over. Yeah, I think I, yeah, we didn't. Yeah, a little I don't bit. know. If, did we talk about that? I think I mentioned it. It was Gung Ho and you know Sticks, Mister Roboto, and all these oh, Japanese. How did I gloss over that? Oh, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Powerful. Let's Powerful. get into uh, Greybeat. Wait, hold on. Before we say that, before we say anything about Greybeat, I, I have to say what's up to Eric pool uh, he's another new listener so what's up eric uh okay Greybeat, levitron brand new release from uh mr Greybeat. uh he actually is a calib uh calibration collabor col- collab we'll just do that because that's easier to say it's feet um, it's feet feet yeah feet. there's a feet feet uh in this do you have the do you have the name of the artist that is uh featured in this Series, S A Y R E S. Yes, and I think so. If you want, if you if you're a Facebook user, and, and if you wanna... I pronounced it wrong, it's uh, DJ Micarez's fault. <laughs> I'll take the blame. Uh, if you want to, uh, there's a Graylians because uh, Graybeat calls his uh, fan base the Graylians. There is a uh, group on Facebook. You want to get involved? Go what do you, to the Graybeat's what do you call website. Your, what do you call your fans? Your friends. Uh, my, I call them the uh, Mike Rezzers. The Rezzers? <laughs> the Rezzers. <laughs> Resonators, I have no idea. The 945ers. It's kind of hard to name your own fan club, but I guess you kind of have to these days. So. But yeah, no, I think I like the Graylians. Uh, that cool. goes back to, to Graybeat's first album. Go go to Graybeat's uh, website and and uh, follow follow the story, and then you'll be all caught up. Uh, but no, this song is really awesome because it has uh, some sexy saxophone in it. So uh, it's really, really awesome. I, I like I like songs with saxophone. Doesn't have to be sexy to be a song that I like, but if it's sexy, then I enjoy it even more. Careless Whisper. Oh yeah, that's number one. Yeah. Yes, powerful. <laughs> on YouTube, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say on YouTube, if you if you want to look at some older YouTube videos of sexy saxophone player, I think it's what his name is, or sexy saxophone. It's a guy that goes to different food courts and malls. Yeah, that's what I thought of when I said <laughs> yeah. careless whispers. <laughs> yeah, and he plays the careless whisper part, <laughs> and he always gets kicked out. But or, it's or they do it hilarious. from Lost Boys. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Oh, and before I forget, you know that song we have a technical. Yeah. Weezer did a cover of it. Weezer did a cover. Oh I'm going to have to look up the Weezer. No, don't. Don't? <laughs> it's the shittiest thing. Ever. Look it up. Yeah, look it up. Uh, is it worse than uh, the Africa song by Toto they read it? Yeah, it's like, what's next? Sheryl Crow doing a cover of it? Well, you never know. I mean, Sheryl Crow hasn't made an album in a while. So maybe she's doing it no, all No, look it up. Album. Weezer, we have a technical. Weezer, we I, I will look up the Weezer version for sure. It's a dude from Blur too. Some collab, as you say. Oh, some collab. Yeah, it's the easiest word to say because when you when you can't talk, cut the word in half. Yes. Well, we <laughs> we hope <laughs> we hope you guys enjoy this powerful episode today. We talked about the 2019 movie, The Gentleman. We had the powerful new music. We're going to be playing right 
right now. Just give us a second. Graybeat, Levitron. Also, we talked about the powerful tubeway army from London. We have a technical. Don't listen to the Weezer version. <laughs> we just ask you a couple things. Please follow us on social media. Twitter, at Amazing Pop Pod. Like our Facebook page. Go to our Instagram, Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. We also have powerful merch. I got links on all those social media sites. And please, wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review. It really helps with the algorithms. Five star is the highest rating. And if you leave a five-star review and write something, you will unlock the secrets to Micro DJ Rez's uh, cribbage boards. Ooh. All right, get ready for Levitron. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the amazing pop culture podcast. Culture Podcast. The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. 
Please leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. Like and follow the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And shop our Amazing Pop Culture merch. This has been an Amazing Pop Culture Podcast production.